Hey everybody, this is Dan Young. And Craig Morrison. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Total Wellness Radio, where every week, Craig and I bring you natural, non-invasive approaches to today's most common health concerns that you can use immediately in your home with you and your family. So, thank you so much again for Craig, this is Dan, for tuning in to Total Wellness Radio. Welcome to this week's Total Wellness Radio. We're not on actual Facebook this week. For some reason, Craig, they have decided that um, me gaining access to my accounts, my pages for Country Doctor Nutritional Centers, requiring additional security for my protection. And, well, I tried to give them all the information they asked for, but for some reason, me and Facebook just aren't getting along right now. can't imagine why. But uh, I have some suspicions. What are your thoughts? Well, they have a hard time dealing with truth. <laughs> well, there may be some of that. <laughs> there may be some of that. For those of you joining us on the Total Wellness Radio podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Unfortunately, you will not be seeing us on Facebook Live today. And that's just fine with us. But we sure miss seeing you folks and your comments. So... When you get this uh, podcast episode, uh, please do us all a favor. If you can, I would greatly appreciate it if you could post this to your social media outlets and uh, keep spreading the good news of natural, non-invasive remedies for today's most common health concerns. And today's topic is on uh, what's referred to as diabetes. It's uh, considered a diagnosis or a disease of metabolic dysfunction, of excess glucose, insulin resistance. Uh, we've heard it called type, uh, type 2. We've heard it uh, used to be termed adult onset uh, diabetes. And I find it fascinating that they use these terms that have little to nothing, actually really nothing, to do with what is actually causing this problem with people. And because our modern medical system is not interested in creating well-informed, empowered, critically thinking people that can take responsibility for their health, uh, they just want to create lifelong customers slurping down artificial, uh, artificial support uh, that have nasty side effects. But well, be that as it may, diet is everything uh, well, with this particular condition. So, Some of the causes of... Uh onset or type 2 diabetes is really simple. Um, the overconsumption of sugars, grains, alcohol, um, smoking tobacco mm. can uh, really cause some problems, and stress. Yes. Those are probably the main causes or things that bring this on. Okay. But okay. diet and lifestyle are the two major things that have to be changed if you want to nip this in the bud. Yeah, yeah. Just plain and simple. Yeah, and we're so we're just so misinformed and uneducated, <clears throat> you know, by by the so-called experts out yeah. there that really have no clue. Um, well, probably the biggest thing that bothers me is they'll tell you here take this shot or take this pill and, oh, by the way, go ahead and drink a Pepsi and um, eat 
eat your orange, snicker bar. Eat your snicker bars and eat oranges and drink orange juice um, in order to uh, help offset your sugars or the overproduction or the underproduction of insulin. And mm -hmm. all it does is keeps you in this horrible cycle to where you can't get away and it just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Where if you would just do something as simple as cut out grains and sugars, and unfortunately that means alcohol because alcohol is made from grains and sugar. <laughs> converts rapidly to sugar, absolutely. And all those things convert rapidly to sugar and they overwhelm your pancreas. Yep, it's exactly what's going on. It's, uh, you know, to give you kind of a frame of reference for those tuning in, the the expense of this one condition alone and really the condition is driven by habits right i mean mm -hmm. i did a class last night here at the clinic we had 10 or 12 people here for the you know the, the monthly nutrition 101 class and by the way please consider being my guest the fourth tuesday of every month at 6 15 p.m you're certainly welcome to pop in if you're in the Cheyenne area and want to be a part of one of our classes. You do not have to be a client of our clinic to come and get valuable resources that really do work when it comes to helping you restore function to your body in a natural, non-invasive way. And one of the things that we talked about was the expense of this, the expense of diabetes. This comes actually from the American Diabetic Association or Diabetes Association. Um, and it's a couple of years old now, it's a few years old actually, but they released research uh, in 2018, late 2018, that suggested the total cost of diagnosed diabetes has risen to $327 billion. That's B. That's a, with a B, <laughs> from $245 billion just five years previously, uh, when the cost was, was last examined. A 26% increase in the estimated cost to manage, not correct, get this now. This is why I refer to modern healthcare as modern disease management, because it's not healthcare. It's disease management. These are the figures and the numbers and the language right from the American Diabetic Association, and it says, the cost to manage, not correct, eradicate, control, or educate, or even remove this illness, but manage one out of every $4 spent annually in America is towards this one problem. One out of every four. We're approaching $4 trillion in expense at the time of this recording, March of 2022, mm -hmm. uh, late March 2022. We're... We're approaching $4 trillion in overall disease management expense in America, which means this one condition, adult onset type 2 diabetes, is driven by the poor habits of the adult, the individual, their dietary habits, and it's perpetuated, perpetuated by a haphazard faulty education process that modern medicine fails to deliver every moment of every day on every illness in this country, not just diabetes, but on every illness that we are faced with. And it's a big, 
big moneymaker. $327 billion. We're approaching triple that mm -hmm. just five years later from the last time these numbers were released. One in every dollar. So I think it's important that we spend the rest of the time on this, you know, on this podcast focusing on what are some contributing factors that are within our control. We're not, it's not within our control to change the expense of disease management in America, right? We're not, that's not going to happen. We can't. People individually, however, can be positioned with the right resources to take control of certain factors uh, and change in, in their life and, and their lifestyle. What, what are some well, of those things? There's a couple of things that, that you should know first. Um, some of the signs and symptoms of the beginning stages of this thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, like if there's a, a long family history, that will, we'll get back to that when we talk, talk about di uh, diet. Yes. That's because a... that's where we learn our diet is from our family and um, the history of our family. Mm -hmm. um, when you get tears and cuts in your skin and they won't heal, mm. that's one of the signs and symptoms. Um, blurred vision, obesity, um, excessive thirst mm -hmm. that you don't get stated when you drink water. Yeah, yeah. doesn't get satiated, yep. Yep, itching um, and drowsiness. If you eat oh, and then yeah. 10, 15 minutes later, you feel like you have to, every time you eat, <laughs> that happens. <laughs> Then you need to you need to actually start paying attention to the possibilities of this being something you're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. The number one you know, thing is is really paying attention to those habits, right? Yeah. Like you said earlier, stress, which elevates adrenaline in the body. And mm -hmm. the last two and a half years, globally, has been the highest stress factors of anybody anywhere has ever experienced in our history. And it elevates adrenaline, and guess what? That increases blood sugar. Now, it's not mm -hmm. just diet stress, and also increases the, the release of, of uh, that stress, blood sugar. Stress messes with the body in so many ways. Right. And, and people, unfortunately, are overstressed yeah. um, by the conditions and causes of what's going on in the world around us. Right, yeah. It's a and huge, huge factor. That's why I've stopped, you know, watching the news and paying attention to a yeah. lot of the stuff that's going on because it's out of my control to begin right. with. Right. And then I'm, I, you know, if I watch that stuff, I just get all worked up, and <laughs> that's the worst thing in the in the world for somebody. You know, even though I don't feel like I have any uh, diabetic issues. Right. No, you you don't show any signs of that at all. But right? it could lead to it. Sure. I mean, just like anything else. Well, it's, you know, here's the thing. What you feed your mind, what you feed your spirit, what mm -hmm. you feed your gut, right, is, what, is either going to nourish it or cause it problems. Yep. And so what you see and hear and listen to and, and participate in and eat and all these things have a factor on your health. And every single one of those things we just mentioned are within our control to do something about. Absolutely. You know, um, some of the dietary and nutrient applications that you can look at to help with this also. Yeah, yeah. go for it. Are things like um, folic acid, B6, mm -hmm. niacin, mm -hmm. thiamine, mm -hmm. biotin, and B12. 
And here's and let me pause right there for you because I want to share something about the the, the, the complex B vitamins because of stress factors. Right. We go through those faster than our body can keep up with the demands. B complex nutrients is a very common part and and form of anemia, mm-hmm. which the person is very fatigued. They feel run down. They get brain foggy, mm-hmm. and then they start reaching for something that gives them quick energy. Yep. And then those types of foods, the processed, the refined, uh, the saturated fats, simple carbohydrates, uh, you know, basically all summing up into the equivalent of a poor diet, but they need that, they're looking for that quick energy. Yeah, and that something just, to get them through. And that spirals the problem even further, and it's a very vicious, vicious cycle. Yep. You mentioned something earlier, and, and you talked about the familial predisposition. <laughs> we also inherit, and you kind of touched on it, but it's worth repeating, dietary habits. I have, yes. you know, you and I are very blessed. We have families uh, that come here from all over the region, mm-hmm. right? We've had people come here from all over the country, okay, to get their health put, their health put back in order. One of the things that I've noticed is when the parents... And the young adult children join them. Mm-hmm. The children at a younger age than the parents were are already showing similar signs of body types. Right. Just like mom and dad. So if mom and dad are on, you know, struggling with weight management, they're carrying extra weight, they're not sleeping well, their energy's off, their their metabolism, they got you know, they got faulty digestion or sleep patterns, mm-hmm. whatever. When you talk to the teenage kids who are still living at home, they also are already experiencing a lot of the things that their parents, who in most cases are 20, 25 years older mm-hmm. than this teenage child, so they're 40, the kid's you know, 18 or whatever, um, you know, that there's, a real, there's a real issue there with, uh, with uh, the familial inheritance of habit. And, and that's one of the things that people don't realize is, you know, we're raised to eat like our parents ate. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's your influence, sure. You know, over the last 40 years, there are fast food joints popped up everywhere in this country. Yeah. Diabetes was very, very rare yeah. back in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. And even further back, it was even more rare. Yeah. But after that... When you started getting all of this processed, quick foods that do not nourish, mm-hmm. all they do is fill the gullet. Yeah. Um, so we got in the habit period, yeah. of eating that stuff, and our kids are eating it, and they're eating it from a younger age. Yes. You know, when when I grew up, I didn't know what a McDonald's or a or a A&W Taco Bell or, or yeah. any of those things were right, until right. I was 12, 13 years old. Right, right. I'd never seen one. I'd never seen one. You know, so now kids are seeing them when they're three. Yes. And they're saying, oh, I want my Happy Meal. Yes. You know, and... Nothing happy about that meal, by the one way. Of the, <laughs> one of the best food rules I've ever heard in my life, and, and this is so very true especially if, it, if you're suffering from something like this. Food does not come through a car window ever. <laughs> it is just not food that's <laughs> nourishing you, nourishing your system. Yes. 
you know yes. it's feeding the problem yeah so we need to try to start avoiding those types of things especially we need to start getting our kids away from them at yep. such a younger earlier age yeah it takes more work at home which in today's society is very very tough it is you know you have to start cooking and you know meal planning yep doing things to actually feed the body the things it needs green leafies um vegetables good quality fruit yeah you know try to get as organic as possible yeah i mean even non-organic fruit is and vegetables are better than organic yeah i mean are not better than organic but they're better than frozen or sure. canned sure yeah absolutely yeah. you know yeah and we're coming into this time of year where you know spring's right around the corner the farmer's markets are going to be cranking up again yep. right here in Cheyenne. We get a farmer's market on a weekly basis. Wintertime, it's every other Wednesday because mm-hmm. there's just not that much produce. There's not that much that they can deliver and, and, and share at the farmer's market over at the depot downtown. But uh, come spring, which is right around the corner, boy, we're going to have access to a lot better quality, local, organic, uh, well-taken-care-of food. So, And here's the thing, too, about organic. People hear the term organic, and they kind of they tend to. Not always, but they tend to default to, oh, that's more expensive. And yeah. when prices are going up and inflation's hitting pricing and availability. And, and so um, what we have found is that uh, our local large chain grocery stores here in Cheyenne, uh, you can go in and look around and just pay close attention. Sometimes you'll find organic fruits and vegetables at a better price. Because the they have to get it off the because shelf quicker. Because they need to get it off the shelf quicker because it's actually a ripened higher dense in nutrition mm-hmm. uh, type product. And you'll find that the cost for organic, if you just invest a little effort, take a little extra time and kind of you know poke around, try those prices out, you're going to find that in some cases you can make some great deals on mm-hmm. good quality food. Yep. Especially if you go to things like the farmer's markets. Yep. You yep. know, because they, it's locally grown most all the time. Yep. It you doesn't know? ship, you know, the average fruit or vegetable commercially has to travel 2,500 miles to come to Cheyenne. So that means they're Most picking it know. earlier. They're picking it earlier. They're chemically treating it to make it look ripe and it'll have a longer shelf life. But it is nutrient void. You know, and it's enzyme void. Enzyme void. And one of the main things that the pancreas produces is yeah. enzymes. Enzymes and insulin. You know. We've got a 10-step plan that we want to touch on as we get ready to wrap up this episode. Thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, we got kind of a little plan of action. We've touched on some of it already, but I want to get down to some specifics on resources. The number one thing, as Craig has talked about, is diet. The number one thing is diet. The quality of fuel that you're giving your body equals its ability to perform, period. Nobody ever has in the past currently nor will have in the future a deficiency for drugs there's no such thing as an artificial therapy restoring optimum function to an organic unit an organic being like the human body an will artificial, it won't happen it never will happen it is disease management it is not healthcare. so a diet one of the best places to start is a book called The Schwartzbein Principle mm-hmm. by Diane Schwartzbein. I think it's either Schwartzbein or Schwartzbein, but it's, the, it's called the, the Schwartzbein Principle. 
It was written many, many, many years ago. She's an amazing practitioner. Uh, she is very, very, very versed, and probably I would consider one of the gold standards in terms of positioning people with the exact right dietary resources to restore optimum function and reverse this condition mm -hmm. 100% that the person's habits and diet and lifestyle is positioned to have. Yes. So from a dietary standpoint, the second of the action plan is, folks, pay attention to your weight. I mean, you know, here's the thing. The five most important words that you can implement in your daily activities to do better and, and, and improve your health, here's the five words. Eat less and move more. Mm -hmm. Those five words are the cornerstone, the foundational principle of changing your, your diet and lifestyle. And weight will fall in line with that. And speaking of those five principles, the next thing is exercise. Correct. You Correct. know. You um, got to fuel the body right, but and when it performs well, we've seen many times that weight loss is a byproduct mm -hmm. of changing the diet. Yes. I mean, how many times have we peed? I've got uh, Jason, who mm -hmm. works here at the clinic. Yeah. He did not increase his activity. Not a bit. When he started work, when he started as a client here, now he, he, work, he runs one of our departments. Um, you know, when he, when he first started, he lost 40 pounds. Yeah. I mean, and he did not increase his activity, but he changed his habits he changed around his diet. dietary habits. He changed diet. Yep. When number four on their dietary plan of action for, for correcting this condition is to pay attention to the 80, 20 rule. There's a there's a daily nutritional intake form, mm -hmm. and Craig's going to give you the details off that form, but when it says 80-20, there's 80% there's certain food groups to consider focusing on those to optimize health and performance, and then there's the other 20% that, uh, that makes up that 80-20 rule. Can you kind of okay. go into that in detail? The big thing about the 80-20 rule is, number one, you have to realize that 80% of your food, that is, makes it uncomfortable for anything bad to happen, <laughs> are alkaline-producing foods. Mm -hmm. And so 80% of your diet should be alkaline-producing foods. And what I mean by that is there's basically only three of them. Fruits, vegetables, and good quality meat. The fewer the legs, the better the meat. <laughs> So if, if you don't know what that means, it means fish is better than poultry. Poultry is better than beef or um, pork. Yes. Also, all the other things that are out there that we eat are acid producing. And you should only have about 20% of your diet is acid producing. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I like to do to make it easier for my clients easier for them to wrap their heads around trying to eat better mm -hmm. is you have to eat eight good things for any two bad things. So that right. means... As long as the bad thing is not, you know, a bowl of uh, caramel-covered yeah. chocolate ice cream, is, and they're counting that as one, and a 32-ounce Big Gulp of Mountain Dew. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's too Bad much. things within reason. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean by that is, like... You have 
eight good things for your dinner. You know, you have uh, vegetables and you have a big salad with all kinds mixed of different greens, colored different colors, mixed greens yes, on yes. it. You know, and you build up eight good things. Well, you can have a small slice of cheesecake, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like anything. Um, if, if you start your day off with coffee, well, right there, you've got to work towards yep. having some, yeah. some good things to offset that because mm -hmm. that's an acid-producing food. Yep. So if you have coffee in the morning, have a smoothie instead of eggs, bacon, and pancakes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. Dark have green a, leafies, yeah. avocado, protein. Berries. Uh, diluted, diluted, diluted juices, like, yep. a, you know, three or four ounces of apple juice, rest water, maybe pomegranate juice. Some people like the organic uh, vegetable juices, like canoes yep. that type of thing, uh, as a, a better base. Uh, obviously, it's not as sweet, but it is much healthier for you. So. Yep. Number five here on this, this, uh, this is something that's kind of interesting. It's part of your mindset. It's part of understanding that you are not going to change dietary and lifestyle habits in a week or two. No, nope. It's just not going to happen. So please, 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 you listening that want to take action on this, be patient with yourself. Don't be beat yourselves with... up for not being perfect. Exactly. Be gentle with yourself. Don't dwell on the past of, of you know, I had lousy food this morning. I guess I failed for the day and, yeah. and go down that, but, you know, go down that beating yourself up and dwelling. It takes... Mm. It takes a minimum, Craig and I know this from, from clinical experience, it takes three to six months of mm -hmm. close monitoring to help people change their dietary and lifestyle habits in their favor so that they can achieve optimum health. Whatever that optimum health for them looks like, mm -hmm. it has to, you have to be patient and, and be uh, consistent, not perfect. You know, and we're big about telling people, look, don't throw food away. You know, even though it's bad First food. First couple of weeks, it might take you, you know, to read something, you know, you eat through the stuff that's there, and yeah, and then to re redirect money you're already spending to better choices. Yeah, Absolutely. just choose better foods. Absolutely. Um, and as time goes by, one of the, I, I was talking to a client today, you know, if you don't have it in your house, and that means when you go to the store, if you're not buying cookies, cakes, candies, Cokes, pastas, you know, rices and white flour and all of that if you don't buy it ice cream and you don't have it in the house chances are you're not going to eat it if yeah. you have fruit and you have other good quality things yep um you can make some really good desserts and stuff out of fruit and some um whole whipping cream make it yourself add a little bit of honey to it and make a parfait out of fruit and whipping cream i yeah. mean you yeah. know yeah and, and that's something that's really healthy. Yeah, it is. Um, if you want to get control of this, by the way, this is number six in our 10-step plan of action. Number six is start a food journal or a food log. And yeah. here's the thing that people, they kind of cringe when they hear us ask them this. If you'll use the food log properly, what we can help you identify is what's missing. Not what so much is there, because you know what shouldn't be there. You're an adult. You're, you know, you're a grown man, mm -hmm. a grown woman. You can take responsibility. You know what shouldn't be there already for the most part. What you need help with is some resources that we can share with you on what is missing and you need to add into the diet. 
So never look at a food blog or a food journal as something that's going to be shame-driven in any way. We look at them as, hey, we're excited about seeing your first week's food log so we can share with you what's missing in your diet so that it can help you get back on track that much faster. So, number seven. We do food sensitivity testing in a non-invasive way here. We can identify certain foods that are specific to need to be a part of your uh, you know, avoidance for a while. Uh, number eight, we also want to make sure that your immune system, if you have an underlying immune challenge, bacterial, parasite, yep. fungus, whatever, Virus. Uh, <clears throat> it will drive those sugars up. Yes. It'll, you can have a perfect diet. And I've seen blood pressure cases come in here and say, oh, well, my blood pressure was high. They put me on meds. It's like, well, what was going on at the time? Well, I wasn't feeling good. I had a real bad, real bad fever, and, and I was kind of fighting a cold. And they use that as an excuse to put you on a medication. Mm -hmm. You know, when in fact, if you've got an immune challenge, your blood pressure can be very unnaturally elevated, yep. as well as blood sugar. Your body's trying to fight stuff up. Exactly. And the way it fights it off is by sending... Blood to an area that yep. needs help. So blood pressure will increase potentially as well as uh, checking for immune challenges. Uh, we do that. The last two areas, we got to sign off, but the last two areas that we look at are using, uh, Craig mentioned it already earlier in some of the nutrient applications, but these are a couple that I really like. Uh, Alpha-lipoic acid, which will, in the right amount over the right period of time, help your body resensitize the cells mm -hmm. to its own insulin again yep the reason these cells become desensitized they get over flushed with the insulin from the body trying to carry too much carbs and again that's diet driven into the cell the cell rejects it it can't identify and recognize it and it won't utilize it as a resource for future energy so what we alpha lipoic acid does along with the right um, the right dietary habits that you develop over three to six months it brings that uh, sensitivity, that recognition of the cell to its own insulin, and can bring that back online, along with the with vanadyl sulfate and chromium picolinate, which is a natural substance, nutrient, which will help regulate your body's natural blood sugars in a non-invasive, non-toxic, habit-forming way. Finally, enzymes. Enzymes are the key. Enzyme. Every single person needs to be on some form of digestive aid. I can I kid you not, if you're having gas, bloating, nausea, or heartburn on a regular basis, you need if you've enzymes. ruled out a hiatal hernia, if you're waking up with sinus drainage, congestion, or phlegm on a daily basis, body aches, brain fog, don't feel like you're getting rested, these are all indications that your enzyme response from a metabolic standpoint is very challenged, it's weak, and it needs to be supported. So it can be supported with protolytic enzymes, hydrochloric acid. There's enzymes that have a combination of both that will help your body metabolize and break down fats, proteins, carbs, sugars, and meat. So digestive enzymes are key for most people. Absolutely. Folks, guess what? I know we ran through a lot of information. We did it quick. It's already, we're already 30 plus minutes into the today's podcast. So we, it's 1.30 here in Cheyenne, Wyoming. We've got to jump into exam rooms. But thank you as always. Uh, for tuning in to this episode of Total Wellness Radio for Craig Morrison and Dan Young. We'll see you next week when the topic will be kids' health. Take care. Have a great week. 
Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Total Wellness Radio. We appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to tune in to all of our interviews and the life-changing natural approaches you can take with your health. For those of you who haven't had a chance yet, please do subscribe. And when you get a chance, also leave a review on this podcast or other episodes that you've enjoyed from Total Wellness Radio.